Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Positivity Podcast. On this episode, I'm reunited with Don Sevsik. On this podcast, we talk about mindset, the power of the present moment motivation and much more now sit back relax and enjoy this episode tuning in trying to find out how to win go along and tell a friend marathon you know the game keep on running never end getting better make a man adam got it adam got it adam got it adam got it Don, it's uh, nice to have you back on the podcast. How are you doing? Good. It's great to be back. It's a beautiful good. day. Good, good, good. No, it sure is. I mean, in England, it's a bit wet at the minute. It looks a lot nicer where you are. But um, <laughs> but um, but no, it's great. It's great to have you back. And um, you know, this time we're on like a video call. This time, yeah, this will be fun. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. But um, but yeah, I just thought I'd start off by kind of like you know, because we've got like a few questions and we're kind of kind of free flow. But um, I thought like you know we could start off by you know the question of um, you know the importance of you know believing in yourself and you know like your business. And like, you know, why that's important. Yeah. I mean, last time you and I chatted, we talked about that a bit about having a positivity bubble, but it's amazing because if you, if you can believe in your dream or your vision and not let anything else come in, it's, it's, it's absolutely fascinating what happens. So as you know, I'm a big metaphysics guy. And so a big story to support this was like this year, I'm trying to let more negativity go. And not, not just be in the positivity bubble, but let more negative thoughts go. You may have them, but then just let them pass. And I said, I'm going to try to be more present with people because sometimes I'm so goals driven that I don't enjoy the moment. And even if the moment, the now is something simple as like the sun coming up or, you know, the wind blowing through the trees. And it's, it sounds kind of woo woo, but when I tried to, and I got this from Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, which is a phenomenal Mm -hmm. read. But I said, I'm going to start 
using more now moments. I mean, I'm going to believe in myself, but believing in myself means not stressing about the future, being engaged in the now. And by engaging in the now, my future is going to work itself out. So a great example of this is I started trying to just talk to more random people, ask how their day is going, how's everything going in their life. And so I go to Chipotle a lot, which is a big chain in the U.S. for burritos and, and, and Mexican food. And I, I go in there probably three, three times a week. But when I'm doing the power of now, I started stopping more asking people how they're doing, how their day's going. I'm an investor in Chipotle, you know, keep up the great work. And so a lot of the people at the chain started, you know, engaging me more, talking more. Thanks for being a customer. We don't get, uh, we don't get the, the appreciation that we'd like to see. And so after a while, the manager invited me to be at the recruiting event. And I said, well, I appreciate the invite, but I'm not, I'm not a Chipotle employee. He said, no, Don, you don't get it. You're one of the few that comes in here. You're loyal and you take an interest in the employees. So whoever we hire, we want them to be someone that you would want to order food from and engage with when you come to Chipotle. And so that was amazing because that's never happened before. And then I go to a ch two Chipotle's pretty much near my house. And I was in there and talking to people. And after a certain amount of time, I started getting free drinks, free meals, um, just things like that. And it doesn't, and that hasn't happened a lot, but because I took the time to, to go back to your question to believe in the power of now that I'm going to have the future I want, but I have to engage in the now amazing things started happening. And that was one of them. Wow. No, it is really amazing when you, when you, when you, you know, talk about what happens, you know, and, and I think that's like really important, isn't it? You know, to be engaged in the now, because I think a lot of the time we're so focused on, you know, like I said, those goals, objectives, things that need doing, you know, all of these kind of things like, you know, on the surface and we kind of get like lost in the now. And I think like you said, by engaging more in the now, you start to notice more things like you said, even if that's a sun rising or like, you know, the, the wind, and especially like, you know, we're engaging with the employees and, you know, taking an interest in, you know, the, the restaurant and those people is going to like make, um, you know, because they can see that you're engaged in what's going on. You care. And, you know, by you caring in the now, you know, obviously in the future, they're, they're going to give you back kind of what you're giving them in the now. Yeah, it's funny. There's another, there's another person. Hold on. My voicemail is going off. No, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Don't worry. There's a, there's another person on YouTube. If you haven't checked him out yet, he's got a, it's called Owen. His name's Owen Cook. And he mm. used to be in, he used to be in the, the dating world, you know, for guys, but now he's more self-help and just uh, personal development. And one of the things he talks about is just the inner self is always coming through. And I didn't realize this because I, I may be in an event where I don't really want to be, right? I'd rather work on my business. I'd rather read a book. And sometimes you got to go to things that aren't in your ideal wheelhouse. But what Owen teaches about the inner game is even if you stay silent at these events, people can see the inner self coming through. And what that means is they'll know that you don't want to be there or they'll know you're not enjoying the interaction. And so when people detect that energy, that that flows downhill, right? People may not want to talk to you. You may not get those conversations. People may perceive you differently. And, and you really shouldn't care what people think of you, but you don't want to send out a bad vibe when other people aren't doing anything. And so what I learned from 
the inner self is always coming through is when I'm engaged in interactions, I'm trying to enjoy the now and be, take, take, take the approach that this is going to be a great conversation. This is going to be a great meeting. This is going to be a great networking chance. And so when I started adopting that on LinkedIn, cause I, I get, I get these invites all the time where, Hey, thanks for connecting. Saw your profile. Let's have a 15 minute call. And so I got a guy that got on the call and said, I don't understand how you wrote an SEO book, but you're a math tutor. Please, please square that circle for me. And so I took the approach of this is going to be a great meeting. And even if the guy's got criticisms of me, that's fine. And so he was talking for 10 minutes about his business. I explained my book. I explained my math site and how I kind of do both. And I was answering his questions back to him, repeating his language back to him. And, he, and about 10 minutes in, he said, Don, you know what? for the first time in five years, I met somebody that actually listens to me. And he's like, you're one of the best passive listeners I've ever heard. You can, you can repeat back what I said to me and you understand what I'm getting at. And a couple of years ago, that wouldn't have happened because I wasn't living in the now, but I'm trying more to do that. And so that conversation, which was a random 15 minute conversation, which started as a criticism of, well, you're a math tutor, but you do SEO consulting turned into uh, maybe a four or five figure consulting contract because the guy wants to talk to me again. So it's just one 15 minute conversation being present. I'm going to listen. Even if, even if it starts off on the wrong foot, like I said, there's a power of the inner self coming through and that's really helped me embrace the power of now. Hmm. Oh, that's powerful. That's really powerful. And I think that's amazing how though you said like, you know, just by being more present, and you're kind of like tapping into kind of parts of yourself, aren't you? You know, the, the kind of deeper parts of yourself, you know, just by being present and you're, you're engaging with people on like a different level by, you know, by being present. And I think it, sometimes if people aren't present, and like you said, that the, if somebody wasn't present and they were feeling a different emotional state and that guy was speaking like that, it could be misinterpreted as being critical and that person could have, probably being critical to them like you said that opportunity next time around wouldn't be you know wouldn't exist yeah it's funny because owen and other people who are big power of now embrace the moment types like to say that the less you expect out of an interaction or relationship and just be present the more you'll get out of it and that's the great paradox that i've learned in 2020 as I take that approach more with LinkedIn contacts and Zoom calls and things like that, it's just, I'm going to enjoy this person's presence. Maybe we have different views. Maybe I'm not going to get any business out of it, but I'm just going to enjoy the moment and trust in my instincts to take me where I want to go. It's been an amazing response. And it's a big shift for me because I'm, I'm very goals driven. You know, we're going to do X, we're going to do Y, we're going to get this money, we're going to get this traffic. But as I pulled back and enjoyed more of the spiritual and, and the now it's amazing what's happened mm. yeah no definitely i think i think people should do more of that you know i think like in society if people you know lived more like that you know and just had that kind of approach to things and that mindset to things you know there'd be less probably anxiety you know less stress i mean i remember when i well, I won't go on too much about it. When I did my coaching, we did a module on, you know, being present. And it was called presence. And it was like, you know, noticing your breathing, you know, what your, your thought processes are, what you're picking up on. And when you really tune into that, you kind of start hearing, you know, 
things more clearly, you know, like the wind or cars passing by. And it was really, really kind of overwhelming. And like when we was tapping into our breathing, I kind of realized, you know, I was probably not even breathing the correct way, you know, like, but being present, it's, um, it, it gives you a lot more clarity, doesn't it? And the way you see things. Yeah, there's a power too that it brings, especially with strangers or people that you're just meeting. It completely transforms the first impression. Because even if you may not be the typical person they talk to, if you're just there in the moment, in the now, and taking things as they come, which is another great phrase from the whole power of now, just take things as they come and trust in your instincts, the interactions just transform. It, it's like night and day. I mean, mm -hmm. some people in the past where I really haven't had much of a chat before, if I'm just sit there and I'm present, they start opening up. They start telling you more things without you having to, to pry and, and probe to get the information. And they enjoy it too, because they mm -hmm. feel like someone's there with them listening. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it is pretty amazing, like you said. And I think like, you know, as well, what you mentioned, um, you know, if you're going somewhere where you don't really want to be, and just by being present and not having that kind of, you know, like you said, that kind of, because um, you give off a vibe, don't you? If you don't want to be somewhere, people are going to pick up on that, that energy. And like you said, like, you know, you could be not really wanting to be there, but being present and just taking in what's going on, you know, could open up opportunities for you. And I, I've, I've experienced that when I've worked in jobs where people don't want to be there. And you know they don't want to be there. You can feel it. And you know, it's, it's the body, body language as well and all these things. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's fascinating how it transforms the way people interact with you. And I mean, if you go into a, like, here's a perfect example. The other day I had to go grocery shopping and I'm like, I, I don't want to do this. It was kind of cold out. And, you know, I had to drive 15 minutes. My wife gave me a huge list of stuff to do. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be present. I'm going to enjoy the moment. I'm not going to let dreams of the future and financial goals and all that get in my head. I'm just going to enjoy the sun, enjoy the wind and enjoy the, you know, inside whole foods. I'm going to enjoy the layout, enjoy the experience and let's see what happens. So I'm walking down the aisles, I'm grabbing the groceries and I'm not rushing. I'm, I'm just going slow, enjoy the day. And then about the third aisle I was in, I looked at one of the containers and something popped in my head about energy energy versus uh, reward. And so when I finished grocery shopping, all of a sudden, all these thoughts started swirling in my head. And I basically came up with another book. And one fourth of it is already written just from one experience, because I took the time to just step back, enjoy the moment. And it popped in my head when I was looking at this product on the shelf. I'm expending less energy worrying, but the ideas and, and the the positivity are coming to me. And so all of a sudden the book idea came and I, I, I came home and I was writing for like two hours from one experience. And so there's another perfect example of not having expectations. I think Eckhart Tolle talks about this is just intention. I intend mm -hmm. to go to shopping and I'm going to have a good time. I don't expect anything out of it. I'm going to enjoy the time now and look what happened. Mm. Wow. That's so incredible, isn't it? Like like you said, like, um, by just changing that narrative, isn't it, in our minds, the way that we're approaching situations before just kind of going in situation and being cluttered with, you know, other different thoughts and 
things like focus in the future, you know, you kind of got that that clear space where things just can can kind of come to you, and then you've ended up, you know, doing a you know that idea for the book. That's that's amazing, and I think as well, like I noticed, like if, sometimes if you have a shower or something, I get it. Like, you get like a, an idea pops into your head because it's like that kind of moments you're kind of with yourself and you kind of got that bit of space and it's it's great and you know it's a, it's a great kind of like you said it's a great way that you kind of put it out there into you know real life you know not just in the shower in one place yeah that's actually step three in the, in the book called the technique for producing ideas after you immerse yourself and, and get familiar with the material sometimes you just take a step back and go do something completely different away from what you're studying. And then the breakthrough, the idea comes and, and that all comes from the subconscious, right? If you're mm -hmm. constantly in your own head, there's no time for the subconscious to, you know, mix all those facts up and come up with that breakthrough idea. But when you step back and give your mind space, the subconscious can work in the background. I think we mm -hmm. talked about that last time too, is some of yeah. the million dollar writers of sales, they, they go to sleep and ask their subconscious, I need, I need a great idea tomorrow and they fall asleep, wake up and there it is. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, we did touch on that uh, when we last spoke and it's fascinating, you know, the power of a mind and, you know, just through like, you know, the way we believe about ourselves, the way we think and really tapping into ourselves, isn't it really? And, you know, believing that things are possible because I think like, you know, if you believe that something's going to work out, it, it, it'll work out. If you believe it isn't, then it won't. And it's like, I see people, you know, the, the words people use sometimes and it can be like quite critical about things. And I'm thinking, well, you know, you're, people, people can say, oh, I'm stressed out about X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, you're giving your energy to that. So you're going to get stressed. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you come, if you take the approach of you have a certain amount of energy to give every day, and if you treat it like a bank account where every negative thought or negative emotion is a withdrawal, but every positive emotion, and when you draw off the environment, that's a deposit. Mm. And so if you have a net positive thoughts over negative, your energy, your whole day is going to change, right? Cause you're not, what's the old metaphor of like negativity is like carrying around a bag of bricks. You just got to let it go, let mm. it go. And you'll feel lighter. If you yeah. treat life as, it's a light moment. It's life is easy. It's a, it's a game to be played and had fun. Your, your entire outlook changes. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, I think it's so important, you know, to, to be positive and to have that, you know, approach to life in that way, because, you know, the, the relationships that you have, you know, the relationship that you have with yourself is kind of like, you know, the, the relationship you have with others. Like if you're not kind of like loving yourself and, if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, how can you expect to have a good relationship with other people? Yeah. I mean, if you look and and you don't have to be religious, but you no. know, the Bible says as, as within, so without it's, you know, your inside, the world is really a mirror to your emotional state inside. So you could have the same two people in the same, let's say networking event, but one person has a, has an outlook of, I'm going to enjoy this moment and have a good time and meet people. And the other person is, eh, I don't want to be here. I don't like networking events. And you're going to see two completely different results. Cause mm. like we talked about at the beginning of this, the, the inner self is always coming through. Mm. And I mean, Neville Goddard talks about that. I'm a huge Neville Goddard fan. We touched mm. on him before. 
you know, he, he's big into metaphysics, but your world is shaped by the, by the expectation and the view you have of your future. So you don't have to dwell on the future, but you can enjoy the moment now, but, un, but have the approach that when I go into the future, I'm going to continuously get better and I'm going to realize my dreams and I'm mm. not going to stress about when it's going to happen. Because if you look at Eckhart Tolle, if you look at Neville, if you look at all those top metaphysics people, it, the, one of the general themes that is reoccurring is time is the cause of all your stress. Because something hasn't happened yet, you're, you're constantly stressing on, okay, I don't have my X million dollars now. When's it going to happen? So you're in a conversation with somebody, but in the back of your head, even if it's a little bit, you're like, oh, when am I going to get the X million? Or when am I going to cut this deal? Or when am I going to get this new car? Instead of just trusting in your instincts and saying, I've done the homework, I'll continue to get better, and I will have my goal. You know, time is taken out of it. It will happen. It's just you have to be in the now and trust your instincts. Mm. yeah no definitely i think i think i think i've learned a lot through podcasting you know i, I kind of like like to hit the ground running be confident and just kind of like you know go 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 and i i kind of like learned through doing it that you know it's patience it's a process and it takes time and you kind of have to kind of be vulnerable sometimes you know and get in order to grow um you know, you're not always going to feel confident, are you, in certain situations or things like that, that you kind of have to, believe, you know, like I said, believe in the process and trust that, you know, in the future, you know, X, Y, Z is going to happen. And it's just, like you said, sometimes probably reminding yourself, you know, reflecting on that kind of um, narrative. Yeah, you bring up a great point about the podcast and just you know, kind of learning as you go is there's two types of stress. There's the bad stress that is chronic, but there's also something called eustress, EU stress, which is, which is the good type of stress. Some may even call it tension. I mean, you can feel the tension when you're in a conversation with somebody new and you're not sure where it's going to go. If you just step into the tension and embrace it and use that power, things will turn out well versus mm -hmm. taking the tension and being, oh, I don't know exactly what I'm doing here. If you're, if you're focusing on not knowing what you're doing, you're in your head. And when you're in your head, you can't be clear to the moment and come up with the solution versus if you're just there, maybe I don't know some things, but I'm confident I'm going to get through this and I'm going to have a, a damn good time. That's mm. usually what happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. We're, we're in full control of our experiences, aren't we? And you know, what we, you know, what we envision in our minds, you know, we create, you know, physically in real life, don't we? Yeah, I mean, I don't know the old saying, but it's like you can't control certain things that happen to you, but you can control your response. And so if you keep your inner mm -hmm. state in, in, in a positive mood, or even if you have a negative emotion, if you just, like Eckhart Tolle talks about this, recognize the negative emotion, but look at it from a distance. So maybe I'm anxious right now, but then I, I see it, I'm in the now and it passes and now I can take right action. So the anxiety mm -hmm. passes, now I know what to do versus dwelling on the anxiety. And then like we talked about the bag of bricks, mm. it drags you down and now you can't get to where you need to be. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's very, um, it's very real, isn't it? You know, when you think about it, it you know, it is so real. And um, I, I've noticed uh, when I, when I was working with somebody once, they were saying that they did like public speaking and they got really anxious, you know, doing public speaking. 
And they actually, when I was on the stage, they said, I'm actually feeling quite anxious right now. And then she had, that this person owned that feeling and it, and it went and it kind of let the people know in the crowd that, you know, okay, she's a bit nervous. They're not getting a wrong message from how the, she's coming across. Yeah, that's a great, that, that's even a better way to put it is just owning it. Just I'm anxious right now or I'm scared right now. And, but once you recognize it, like you said, you embrace the moment and you can move forward. That, that's such a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely interesting. As well, um, that the, I was thinking the importance of trusting other people, you know, like, especially in business, because, I mean, you're in business and how you need to, I mean, we all probably all make mistakes and things happen in business, but why it's important to, like, you know, trust people. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been pretty trusting for a while, sometimes to a fault. But what I like to do if there's money or legal terms on the line is I'll start off with an initial sense of trust. If I get an odd feeling, maybe I'll ask some questions. But what's really helped me is either having a lawyer or somebody, somebody watch my back who's completely out of the situation. So my wife, as an example, a friend or two, I may run a, a potential deal by and, and then my lawyer too. I, I won't tell the other person that I'm doing that that's in the, in the business deal, mm-hmm. but it's nice to, and the people I pick are, are different personalities than me because I I'm trusting. I mean, I've pulled back a little bit. I used to be super trusting in business deals, but to have somebody that's a little bit more objective and out of, out of the, out of the equation, they can look at it from, you know, a thousand feet above and say, Hey, maybe you're missing this. Maybe you're missing that. Mm-hmm. So that served me well as, and I, I think Reagan said it best is trust, but verify. So, cause mm. if you're, if you're not trusting of anybody, you're never going to build relationships, but if you're too trusting, you can be taken advantage of. So I would say maybe like 90, 10, you can be 90% trusting, but get 10% somebody else to verify that what's being said is actually going to happen. Yeah, no, I see. I suppose like as well, like having someone else's kind of judgment on, on, a, on the situation or something, isn't it? Like, you know, is it, I don't know who said it, like two, I saying like two brains are better than one or something like that. I don't know. You kind of see, cause yeah, no, it's, I think that's definitely, definitely important um, because you know, like you don't want to be taken advantage of and you might, you know, it's your time, it, you know, might be your money, you know, and your kind of, you know, emotional kind of welfare, isn't it? Because there's loads of people. I've, I've, I've seen lots of movies and films where people, you know, gone into business and, is it one of them, the founder? Have you seen that? The founder? Yeah. Like, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good film. I mean, I mean, that is, I mean, it, it kind of is what it is, isn't it, really? But he was just that kind of person who was just polarized on that one thing. And it's kind of a bit like the wolf and the sheep in some way, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, and there's a flip side to it, too, is, I mean, I know people... I've known for years that are on the other side of the, the pendulum and they don't, they constantly overthink analysis paralysis and they're still doing the same job. They're still in the same mindset because they don't take the risk. They don't, they don't have any trust. And I think it's, if people that don't have a lot of trust, I find there's, there's a lack of trust in themselves because it's almost a mirror, right? If I don't trust anybody, I don't want to take a leap. It's because maybe I don't trust in my own faculties. Mm. <clears throat> and so there's that other side of the pendulum that people got to worry about versus just taking a leap and 
seeing what happens. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, I think that's like why you see some companies that don't succeed because it will kind of trickles down to probably how the person at the top is kind of, you know what I mean, thinking about themselves or how they are. And then that trickles down into the business. Um, I've seen that happen in, you know, management and places that worked, you know, how, how it kind of trickles down into the, into the workplace. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, when I started Matt Celebrity, was it now 13 years ago, the job I was in, I mean, you had to fill out a form or get approval for everything. We used to joke that you had to get a, an approval form from your manager to go to the bathroom. I mean, it was crazy. There, there was just, they had tight reins on everything and that's why nothing ever got done. I mean, things that should have taken an hour took two weeks because you had to fill out a form, get approval. That person had to get approval. So what you bring up is so true. It's like, there's a balance, but I think the balance should lean more toward leniency. I mean, if you get burned, you get burned, but at least you've learned your lesson of more of who you can trust and who you can't. But if you're constantly walking around with a leash around your neck, you're never going to get anywhere. Hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, it's that kind of corporate, some, some corporate environments, not all corporate environments, but um, I, th- I think more so some, more, some corporate environments kind of changing the way they go about things, aren't they? Like um, kind of more, kind of say lenient, more kinder. Because I, I felt like Gary Vaynerchuk and he was saying for one example, he, he had this thing where he was saying to people, you know, you can take as many holidays as you want. Or he said something like that, something about, you know, holidays. And he said, nobody took any holiday for like X amount of period because they were afraid. And he had that kind of rule. He was saying, you know, you can take a month if you want or something like that or however many weeks. But people were afraid to take more than the set. Kind of, is it two weeks or whatever it is? Yeah, that's, uh, and I think a lot of big corporations, it's still that way. Everybody's looking to their peers. They don't want to stick their head up. They want to be the first one to, they don't want to be a pioneer because they, they have this sense that, you know, pioneers get arrows in this and they're back. I used to play baseball with a kid and I, and you just jogged my memory. Whenever he played baseball, he would look to his dad who was kind of overbearing on the bleachers to make sure, and especially if he screwed up, he would instantly look over to his dad because I think he had that fear in his head. Like if I screw up, my dad's right there watching versus having the dad encourage him. And then I think the people that don't take risks, they have that inner governor, that inner dad in them, that overbearing parents always watching instead of just saying, you know what, I'm cutting you out of my life. I'm going to, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the risk and, and that's it. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, I think it's, it's so important, isn't it? You know, how, um, you know, how you bring up kids and, you know, like little things like that could be detrimental and people could, excuse me, um, take that into their adult life or their work life just because, you know, their, their parent was, you know, behaving that way. Um, I think that's kind of like where empathy comes in, isn't it? Like, especially in workplaces. I mean, I've worked in places where, you know, we're working X amount of days in like restaurants and hotels. And, you know, if there's something going on, the manager's like, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how important is it? And you're like, well, you know, there's no really, there's not much empathy there, but I think, you know, through that empathy and understanding, people are going to want to, 
work more in that place if they feel valued. Yeah, what a great point. I mean, empathy should be adopted more in, in, in corporate workforces and startups. I mean, if you look at all the, the best startups, now they're huge corporations. But if you go back to the earlier days, Google, Facebook, Apple, those, those teams were encouraged to break things. Go fast and break things. Learn your lesson when things go wrong, but go fast, break things. And the idea behind that is as you break things, you learn, you get a little better. You break the next thing, you learn, you get a little better. Pretty soon you can go 90 miles an hour and rarely ever get into an accident. But if you mm. do that early when you're still growing, that's the time to make mistakes. And if you, if, like you said, if the manager gives the employees empathy when a mistake is made in growth mode, of course they're gonna do whatever they can to make that product as best as possible because there's no, there's going back to that inner parent, there's not that scolding parent there to say, oh, oh you made a mistake, don't ever do that again. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And it just kind of shows you, kind of highlights, you know, the, the kind of importance of that. And you kind of look at where they are today. And, you know, if you have that approach with, your employees then you know the only way is up really i suppose because they can they can adapt and make mistakes and get better and improve um i think that kind of like comes through as well like um like comfort zones like stepping out of comfort zones and why that's important yeah i mean if you th that's one of the big journeys to be an entrepreneur to to help you grow even if you're not in business if you want to grow at your day job you want to grow in your relationship you got to take risks and get out of your comfort zone. So the best thing to do is just say what's working and what's not. And if it's not working, is there a risk I can take or maybe a completely different direction I can take to get out of my comfort zone and maybe influence the things that aren't working? So like perfect example is, I, I, I talked about at the beginning of the episode is just being in the now more with people. Like I, I wasn't a big fan of talking to strangers and going to certain events. I like to just usually work by myself and not, not go out to huge parties. I mean, I used to be like that when I was young, but I enjoy more of the solitude. Mm -hmm. But I took the approach in 2020 of, you know, if I have Zoom calls or maybe I meet somebody in public, just take maybe five minutes, be in the now, learn more about them and, and see how things go. And then the second thing to get out of your comfort zone is just understand where, understand if it's you don't have the skill or you're scared of what's going to happen. Because if you take out the, scared of what's going to happen most of everything else works itself out there's that there's that inner inner leash on you again that you could you could step out of your comfort zone but you're scared of what happens if it doesn't work instead of asking yourself what happens if this does work it's like if you look at investments for example i can give you a, a perfect example of this there's a guy i know that's as i was telling you before doesn't take risks doesn't like to step out of his comfort zone and there was, this, there, was a, there was a trade to be made with crypto. And he said, well, if this company's not proven, this coin, nobody really knows about this, you're going to spend $1,000. And then maybe there's an 80% risk that you lose it all. I said, yeah, but the 20%, what happens if it goes up? And so he was running the numbers on paper. He goes, okay, well, maybe there's a chance you make 5, 10, 25, 30K. And I said, exactly. So I can part with a grand. But if there's even maybe a 10% chance I make 30K, what's the problem, right? If I lose the money, I learn more about the crypto market and I learn more about the players in it. So what, what are you so scared of? Because we've, we've spent time saving up money so I can part with a grand. 
if mm. I have that upside of making 30K. And the same goes, like you said, stepping out of your comfort zone with relationships. If you're scared to go talk to somebody on LinkedIn or in public who has influence, who has power to maybe change your career or change your relationships and build your network, you're never going to get anywhere. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? A person says, I don't have time for you or no, thank you. If you're in the now and don't have any reservations about rejection, then what did you lose? You lost 10 seconds. But if you build one relationship that's maybe with a huge network or with a seven or eight figure person, where's that going to take you? That'll take you farther than any other relationship you probably have. And what did it take? Five minutes and no fear of rejection. So. Um, yeah, no, that's it's definitely, definitely key, isn't it? Like what you said about, as well, like, you know, sending that message to that person, you know, like, what's the worst that can happen, you know? And I think, like, you know, like, it, it might open up doors for you. You just don't know. And it's, it's a bit like, you know, when, when I was thinking about when we connected, you know, we connected on LinkedIn, you know, we did a podcast, you know, we're doing one right now. And, you know, it, it just takes that just stepping into the unknown, doesn't it? And not being afraid. I mean, I... I, I put off doing a podcast for two years because I was afraid. I was worried about what people were going to think. Um, I didn't message anyone for a while. And then, you know, you do it and, you know, you get a yes, you know, you might get a no. And, you know, it, it, it does kind of change like your reality, you know, just pushing out those, you know, like you said, pushing into the unknown. And, you, you know, you don't know what, what other doors might open up for you. Yeah, great point. I mean, I'm going to go back to Owen Cook again. He brings up a great yeah. point about this. He says, most of the stress we have going into a conversation with somebody new or a new environment is we don't think we have enough value to bring to the table. And if you just come into the interaction saying, I'm a valuable person, I know things that maybe people don't, and I'm going to have fun in this conversation, you bring more value than 95% of people that go into a conversation. Because if you look at most people, they're distracted with their phones. They're not in the now. They're not listening. If you can just, let's say you're talking with somebody that's partial celebrity, maybe worth eight figures. You know, they got a big business and a big name. Most of the people that talk to them are talking to them because they want something from them. If you go into that interaction just to be in the now and listen, that's huge for them because not a lot of people listen to them just to listen. They're, they're mm -hmm. there to take something from them. So that's an automatic value add. And if you, if you approach it from I'm valuable and I have something to bring to the table, you'll lose all that insecurity and that anxiety about new experiences. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's part. It's, yeah. It's definitely, definitely powerful. Isn't it? When you think of it, because it's like, I think a lot of people sometimes who probably are in those positions, you know, they probably don't know who to speak to because they've probably spoken to people who, want something from them you know what I mean and they and then like who do I speak to who can I trust and, and, and all the rest of it I mean I think I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast and he was talking about the same thing he was saying like there are people out there who are really famous and he's like you know who they don't they talk to other famous people because they're famous and this kind of this kind of stuff so it's nice no, really interesting um as well like you mentioned you've been up to different things since we last spoke you mentioned, I'm going to write down here. Uh, you mentioned the water secret, is it? Water secret? Yeah, so for, for a while, I was drinking a lot of tea and some soda and probably not enough water, although I 
lied to myself and said I was. And earlier this year, I had some cuts on my feet from walking around a lot with the kids and they weren't healing up. And usually I healed fast and I couldn't figure out why because other cuts I've had healed. And so for whatever reason, I'm just sitting there thinking, what, what, what lies am I telling myself about why this isn't healing? Because most, most likely it's something I'm stupid that I'm doing or not doing. So I went and I wrote down what I was eating and drinking every day. I said, you know what, maybe I need to be drinking more water. So I used to drink like three or four glasses. I said, let me turn it up to eight, you know, 64 ounces. And I got that waterlogged app to track it. And so when I did that, within three days, all the wounds on my feet healed and they never came back. And then not only that, I had jaw pain because when I program, I clench my teeth. As I drank more water and laid down at night, as well as buying a new pillow that was specifically for side sleepers, I never had any headaches again, no jaw pain and all my feet wounds healed. It was like, Two little, two little levers to pull and it was gone. And so the lesson in this is just don't lie to yourself, right? If, mm -hmm. if, the, if you've been doing something for a while and you're not getting results, sure, there may be other people involved, but if it's something where you're the big actor on the stage, it's probably something you're doing. And it's, it's okay, but the first step is just admit, what am I not doing or what stupid thing am I doing that I need to cut out? And so something as simple as eight glasses of water a day and a new pillow, the sleep, the, the skin, it's crazy how much has changed. Mm. Oh, that's incredible. And it just, it just shows you how, how important it is to drink water. You know, just, you know, something so simple, you know, drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it's, uh, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, it's making me think about, I, for example, I, I kind of did, did the same. Like, I didn't really drink water too much sometimes. And, I would lose track of how much water I was drinking. So I bought like one of these like big water bottles. It looks like an, artillery, yeah. sh looks like an artillery shell. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think, you know, I, I keep more track if I've got water in this. That, I mean, that's what works for me. Uh, I think like two of those is like your daily amount or something like that, whatever it is. Um, but, but like you said, like with water, I mean, you do notice a difference if you, from when you drink and when you don't. But I, I notice, you know, your skin dries up and you just, you, I think you, you think more clearly when you're drinking water as well. Oh, yeah, you're more relaxed. And I mean, I drank less, less carbonated drinks. And the other thing mm. is it helped me lose weight. Because if I chug 16 ounces of water in the morning first thing, not only does that clean your system out, you're not as hungry. So I was able to mm. cut a few more pounds. So doing the same routine, same everything, just changing one, pulling one lever differently, and it made all the difference. So little mm. things like that is just it's fascinating. Yeah, no, definitely. As well, um, you mentioned like your your site traffic is um, had an increase as well. Yeah, I mean when when COVID started here in the states, our, our traffic was shooting up. We were already doing good, but it was shooting up because remote learning. And we just clocked in September stats have been finalized. We had 800,000 unique users in 30 days. I'm still blown away. And my initial projection for this year was 5 million back when COVID started. I think we're going to crush that because mm. it's just, they keep coming in and, and I've made some changes too. I mean, it goes back to, you talked about the comfort zone. One of the things I kept lying to myself about was, uh, I can just do word problems manually and some of the spelling mistakes, it's the student's fault. It's the parent's fault. They got to learn how to spell. 
Well, when I fixed those common misspellings and I did more of these since we last talked, people were staying longer, running more problems. And it's, you know, those are quick fixes for me. I mean, five or six spelling corrections I did maybe took me five, 10 minutes. The entire site updates for the spelling correction. Well, now those problems are, are getting through and now they're getting shared. So not only did I help somebody, they shared it and they brought more people into my site. So it's a perfect example of just don't lie to yourself, right? Because what's the old saying? Uh, you are the easiest person to fool. So if I'm honest with myself, I take a look in the mirror and say, this is something that I'm doing or I should be doing. It all starts to work itself out. So I'm excited about the year. I mean, I, we're going we're gonna to crush 5 million. I'd like to do more than that, maybe 5.5 or 6 million. And because of that traffic, we're getting more people that want to partner up with us. So affiliates, I've got a 10-year New York City public schools teacher who wants to be a tutor for us. And you know, wow. with that, she brings the credibility. I've got people that may want to invest. So it's, it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be alive. Mm. Now, congratulations on, you know, all that you're doing and, you know, the, the amazing website that you have. I mean, I, I told my mom about it, my, you know, and, and I was like, you know, I told her about it when we did the podcast on the website and I showed her, um, cause I think my mom was like thinking about my brother probably, you know, doing it as well. So, you know, you never know, you might have someone else signing up. Very nice. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing as well. Cause like when we last spoke, like you, you, I remember you mentioning that when you, before you did the website, people were like, you know, it won't work, you know, mass website. And, and you, you know, you went and did it. And I think like you said, that's why, you know, it's so important to, you know, believe in yourself and just to do it, you know, even when people around you don't think it's going to work out. Yeah, the toughest thing in this in the entrepreneurial game, and I'm sure you know this, is when things aren't going well or they're stalled out, you're the only person that's going to keep you going. Because there's certain people that won't care whether what you're doing, and there's certain people that will take the opportunity to tell you all the reasons it won't work. But if you can sit there in the dark, when, and I say dark as a metaphor, when things are going bad, and the rain's pouring down and the winds are blowing everything over, if you can just hold the line and be steady like an oak tree and let it pass and get through it. That's like Ryan holiday says, the obstacles away. Once you get over the obstacle, you're on to bigger and better things. And with each obstacle you jump, that's more competitors, more people that get left behind because now we're starting to go up against huge brands and I'm one guy, right? We don't have any employees. It's just me and software, but now we're starting to be mentioned in the same conversations on the same sites as sites like Chegg, Sites mm. like um, Huntington Learning Center, these are 100 million, some billion dollar brands. Mm. And sure, we don't make the sales that they do, but we're getting in the conversation, we're getting mentioned. Mm. So it's, it's nice to see after 13 years, you keep pushing, correct your mistakes, and you finally get to a point where the momentum actually starts working for you versus you working against the momentum. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. It is, it is amazing what's happening with your site. And I think like as well, like when I last looked, you know, it's been featured on CBS, Fox News. It's been, you know, it's been mentioned on all these big, you know, news platforms as well. And, you know, with, with your website, I just wish you all the best, you know, with it. And I think it's amazing, you know, what you've done. And each time, you know, I speak to you, I, you know, I, I really take you know, so much from, 
you know, our, our talks. And, you know, I think people listening and watching, you know, this as well will take a lot from it and, you know, hopefully, you know, apply, you know, the things we've spoken about and talked about previously, you know, to their lives. Um, it really, really means a lot. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and, and the kind words. It's I always have a good time yeah, when we no, talk. Yeah, no, same here. You're very welcome. But um, where where can people find you on like social media and like you know your website, things like that? Probably the best social media site for me is LinkedIn. So it's just LinkedIn.com forward slash n forward slash Don Sevcik S E V C I K. Or if you go to Math Celebrity, I got my LinkedIn at the bottom. You can click that too. Yeah, no, that sounds awesome. But um, but no, I will de definitely put your details in in the you know description as well. Yeah, sounds great. Thank yeah, you so yeah. much. No, 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 you're welcome. But um, it's been it's been great talking to you, Don, and um, I'll definitely stay in touch with you and Evan. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. I had a blast. No, no, you're welcome. Have a, have a great day where you are. You too. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Bye. Tune in.